0: Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week we'll talk about how NACA's revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. Let me tell you this, it's no down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. We'll talk about how NACA is stabilizing strong neighborhoods through affordable home ownership. NACA is relentless. And how about how NACA fights for economic justice against predatory and discriminatory lending for over 30 years? Did I say it again? NACA's just relentless. This is the NACA way. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Awesome, Awesome
1: Monday Show. We are here with NACA's American Dream Club. And get ready for a show today. We have an awesome guest today. and I'm going to kind of keep it a little surprise, but I can't wait for us to introduce this awesome person who knows so much about NACA. Um, Anjanette, what's going on over there? How are you doing today? What was your weekend like?
2: Hey, 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 Damien. It's another beautiful day in the world of NACA. It is a gorgeous Houston, Texas day out here, and it's a beautiful day to be out riding around in the neighborhood looking for your NACA home. Mm. It is, we had an amazing weekend. We had our job fair uh, on Saturday, which yielded great results. So remember, NACA is always hiring So I want to welcome everyone to the NACA program, the place where you go and grow, the place where you go and realize your dream of home ownership. Damien, today is the day where we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be rejuvenated. We have so much information to share. And at a 2.2% rate uh, for fixed mortgage and 1.375 on a 15-year
3: mortgage,
2: you can't beat that. Say that again.
1: I want to hear that again. I want everybody to hear that. that.
2: On a 30-year mortgage, as of today, we are at 2% for a 30-year mortgage. You can't find that anywhere else. And on a 15-year, we're 1.375. So, yeah, so we got an awesome show for you today. This is the NACA American Dream Program, where you can find us, like us on all of our social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But you can also find us on www.naca.com. We want the questions coming in. We're going live on Facebook, 833-771-0500. Damien, mm. what have you done today? I heard that we want to know about underwriting, mortgage process. What is it? How do we look at files? How... How do I get qualified? What does the counselor look at when they're trying to determine if I'm qualified? What does the underwriters do? Damien, how do I get these questions
0: answered? Well,
1: well, I have just the person, the expert, the specialist that knows all about it. We have the National Mortgage Director, Eric Exum, on today. Congratulations. Thank you, Eric, for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. You got files to do. But you are awesome to come and help us out and tell us what's going on.
4: Well, happy to be here all. Hello to everyone out there. I'm excited to answer your questions, dig into the NACA mortgage product. Um, just as hard as I work at getting the files done, this is probably even more important so we can get mass information out to the group. So, mm-hmm. so happy to be here. Thank well, you. Well,
2: Eric, we're happy to have you, but one of the questions and misnomers is that most, most of the people that come through the NACA program think that once they sit with their counselor and the counselor says, Okay, you know, we're looking at your file. Here's here's your action plan. You come back with all of the items in your action plan and they think that's it. They then find out that they got to go through what they call an underwriting process, which is mortgage mortgage services. Tell us what is it that your department does? What's the
4: purpose? Well, I run the mortgage department. So we we do everything from processing to underwriting through closing. So we assist everywhere from the initial qualification review, which you're asking about, and I'll dig into that a bit, all the way through the closing of the file. So in the counseling program, the the counselor works with the member to put together all the documents and information to ensure that the member meets our eligibility criteria, the member is ready for homeownership and can afford the payment that they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, right? The affordability. You know, you talked about the interest rates. I mean, as you said, amazing, right? 2% mm-hmm. on a 30-year mortgage, mm-hmm. and then 1.375 on a 15-year only fixed mortgages. What you didn't mention is there's lender-paid closing costs. So there's no closing costs to mm-hmm. the borrower, no required closing costs. There's also no down payment requirement. The reason for those things is because NAC is all about helping low and moderate income people. Mm-hmm. A low and moderate income person doesn't have 10 or 10s of thousands of dollars True. to put down for an interest rate um, buy down or, I'm sorry, for a closing cost or for for a principal reduction or required you know down payment. So to answer your question, what the Underwriting Department does, what the Mortgage Department does up front, is when that package comes in with the documents and information, make sure that all the documents and information for somebody to ultimately get a mortgage, because that's the goal, right, to get the the mortgage with that 2% we're talking about at the 1.375. So we'll review the file, make sure that there's nothing missing to be able to answer those questions. Is the member eligible? We check that off. Move on to next. Is the member ready for homeownership? Check. Is the payment that they're asking for affordable for that member? Check. If the answer is to know any of those things, the underwriter will issue conditions and tell the counselor and member exactly what they have to do to become eligible or ready for homeownership or ready for that payment they ask for.
1: Wow. Now, what I love about this, what you just said and what you're doing is is NACA, as they said on the commercial, is relentless. But one of the things that I like that NACA does that they don't do in the outside world, when you get a pre-qualification, they didn't do all of that stuff that you guys did. So what NACA gives you is stronger than anything that the outside world is giving you as a pre-qualification, because they don't do it until later on down the road. Am I correct in that? I I was just going to say, Damien, you
4: nailed it. What's, what's unique about the NACA program
1: mm-hmm. is we do the
4: counseling first. And before we send anyone out shopping, before we issue any type of prequalification, we do a full document verification of all the things we just discussed. Okay, Eligibility. You know, so we, we underwrite. We pull the credit. We underwrite to the credit report. We get the bank statements and asset statements, liquid and non-liquid, to make sure and verify the assets are there. We go through the income, make sure the income's there. We combine it all into one package and make sure that not, not just credit assets and income are all met, but eligibility and program guidelines are met all up front. So once somebody goes out shopping, if, as long as they don't change anything in their finances for what they qualified for, then that person's assured a mortgage at the payment they qualified for, provided wow, the property wow. that they find meets our criteria.
1: Okay, that that's good to know because people don't know how powerful this knack of qualification that they have is like gold, right. platinum. Now, okay. Eric, one other question that that kind of goes with that because I know people ask this question all the time: What if you qualify? Like, what if you qualify me for twelve hundred, but I want more, or could have qualified for more? How does that typically work?
2: Asking. You know, how is debt to income ratio calculated? <laughs> and and if it is if it's if your debt to income ratio is too high, will the counselor sit down with me to navigate on how to correct it?
4: Oh, I love this question. Great question, Phyllis. So the formula for debt to income mm-hmm. is simply your All of your obligations, that's your car payment, your student loan, anything you borrow that you have to repay, it also would include child support or alimony. So all of that added to the payment we talked about that you want to qualify for, the principal interest, taxes, insurance, homeowner association payment. So you add up all your obligations. So again, credit cards, student loans, et cetera, to that payment divided by your gross monthly income. That's the formula for debt-to-income ratio. The reason it's important, and and, and of course the reason the, the member is asking the question, is it is a limiting factor. Yeah. You, you're not going to be able to go over a 40% income-to-debt ratio, 43% on extreme exceptions. Mm-hmm. And yes, the counselor will work with the member for as long as it takes to make sure those ratios fit within guidelines. And it's a very common thing that somebody has to – Work towards meeting ratios for the payment they want. One of the most common ways to resolve is if you have an obligation that's almost paid off, say you have a car payment Mm. with a $5,000 balance left on it, and your payments are $400 per month. If you make a $1,000 payment on that car payment and get to where you have 10 payments or less, that car payment will now be removed from your debt to income. Wonderful. Wow.
2: And the theory behind that, Eric, is that, you know, less than 10 months or so, you're about to pay it off anyway. So that's not that's that's a relief to your income. So that's money that's going back into the pool of of your revenue. Right.
4: I'm glad you asked it that way, because exactly what you say is true. The reason the thought process behind the 10 payments is it will soon be paid off. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to afford your mortgage payment because that's a long-term payment where you would have a short-term payment left on the car. But it's a—it's great the way you ask that question, because if you don't have affordability for the mortgage and the car, both of them, over those next payments, your counselor still won't qualify you for that payment. So you have to demonstrate you have the reserves and the ability to make both payments even during that period. So more important than the debt-to-income ratio, and I know was what the question about, was about more important than debt to income ratio is one's affordability or demonstrated affordability. That means that someone demonstrated they can handle the payment that they're asking for.
2: To your point,
4: making all their current Mm -hmm. obligations on time and showing that they're paying their current housing payment on time. And then a savings pattern for the difference between their current housing payment and their desired payment.
2: You know, and, 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 you know, everybody throw some hearts up for Eric. Let him know that this is good information that he's given out there on Facebook. Throw the hearts up. We want to hear the hearts. We want to see them. Absolutely. But we got the questions coming in from Facebook. So I'm going to toggle back and forth because we also have phone calls coming in as well at 833-771-0500. One of the questions on the phone is, uh, this is from Illinois, and she's saying um, she heard the show a couple of shows ago and found out that she could have gotten a multi-unit. Um, we She wished we'd talk more about multi-unit as opposed to single family. She loves her NACA home, but uh, if she qualified for the multi-unit, for the single family, how would it be possible for me to then qualify for a higher amount on the multi-unit? And so, Eric, we talk about generational wealth at its best here. I mean, mm-hmm. I appreciate that all the time. You know, we talk about the wealth is in the land. And so w- what do you guys look at from your side of the business when it comes to multi unit
4: oh, oh, well, you guys get some good questions, All right? Because <laughs> that is a great question. And, and I'm so glad you asked that also. Because mm. so the starting point is you got to ask yourself and you have to show yourself, is owning a multi-unit for me? Mm. In effect, you absolutely become a landlord and a small business owner in addition to whatever job you already have. Right. So speaking for myself personally, the hours I work at NACA, being a multifamily homeowner is not for me. I just don't have the additional time. I already work 60-hour weeks plus. Right. So I, I just want to put that out there. Somebody who already works a lot and doesn't have a lot of free time, owning a four-family is not for you. You know, perhaps you can pull off a duplex. Right. So the first thing is, do you are you the personality type who can manage living in the same physical structure as your tenants. Because they will, just like, you know, you guys will work your landlord if, as soon as something breaks. Yep. When you're living there, your tenants Knock will Knock it on the door. It. and You got to take care of it, right? So that's number one. The second, once you figure that out, and, you know, being from New York City, someone like me, I'm used to living in close quarters with other people. So that part I like. And I, and I feel safer living around other people. So for some people, it's a good option. The second piece to it is you must have... Far more reserves to be mm-hmm. able to buy a multifamily because, of course, if one person or two people or three people don't make their rent payment any given month, you're still responsible for the entire mortgage payment. So the beauty, you'll know, build a generation of wealth is month after month, you have assistance with getting your mortgage paid, collecting the rents, paying your mortgage. Right. But what happens when they don't pay the rent? You have to pay the mortgage anyway. Yep. So yeah. if you're buying a duplex, you have to have four months reserves, meaning four times your total payment. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're buying a $700,000 uh, multi-four family, your payment's going to be a, almost $5,000 a month. So you got to take that 5000 5, times four, mm-hmm. and that's what you have to have left over after you close. So you've already paid for your, if you did any interest rate buy-down additional, you paid your taxes and insurance up front. You know, your prepaids, you still have to have twenty thousand. If it's a three family, you have to have five months reserves. A four family, you have to have six months reserves. Wow,
2: and that's something that you doing. you really need to think about because no one thinks about. Everybody thinks about the revenue coming in from the additional units, but nobody thinks about what happens when hard times hit or a pandemic hits, and then they have to make things work when your tenants aren't able to afford. The, the rental payment, they have to, you're the business owner, so you got to keep the business going. So that's a good way of putting it. And Eric, just for the sake of, of Illinois hearing you out, on a four unit, what's the reserve, and then a three, and then a two? So I'll, I'll start
4: at the beginning. So on a two unit property, you have to have at least four months reserves. So four times the entire PIPI payment, not just your portion, because you live in one of the units, but all of the units for a, a three-family, you must have five times your PITI payment in reserves after all is said and done after you close. Mm-hmm. For a four-family, you have to have six times mm. your PITI as reserves. All right. So again, for easy math, if your entire PITI yeah. is $5,000, yep. you have to have $30,000 in the Reserve. bank after all is said and done in, in reserves. So that exactly to your point. If somebody doesn't make their payments... Mm -hmm. You can cover the the mortgage payment anyway. And also, what's the other thing you have to worry about as a landlord? Repairs and maintenance. Even though you get an inspection, even though the hand department, the home and neighborhood development department works with you throughout the process, you know, as a homeowner, things happen. You know, things get missed. Mm -hmm. Even though you just bought it three months ago, one of the units, hot water heaters can go out or, you know, an electrical problem Mm -hmm. or roof damage because of a storm. You have to manage all that. Sometimes you have to put the money up front before you get the insurance and or it's something that insurance doesn't cover.
1: So, Eric, with with that being said, let me ask you a question as far as when you say the reserves. So instead of it, or does it solely have to be $30,000 in their savings account? Or can you say, I got 100000 in my 401k, I got a 403b, 200000 there, can some of those funds count towards what I need to have? Just just in case people out there have that?
4: Yes, some of the some of the reserves can be in investment accounts. The example you use is a good one. If somebody has a hundred thousand dollars, we're not gonna make them liquefy that. However, if say somebody only has the thirty thousand dollars in their 401k, then we would require a document to show what the terms are of them pulling out that $30,000. The reason I say some has to be liquid because your 401k or investment program may not work to release funds quick enough for Mm. you to make that mortgage payment on time, for you to get that repair needed. If it's in the winter in New York, you only get, I think it's 48 hours to repair the heat if it's below freezing. So you can't wait on cashing out some 401k or non-liquid account. So you're going to need some liquid reserves. Wow. Thank you.
2: And this is very, very helpful, mind you, Eric, because there's so many things we don't think about. We, we look at the glitz and glamour of the outside of the shell, but you're peeling the layers of the onion back, and we're getting into the nitty-gritty of it, and it's making us second-guess or think it through before we make those decisions. And that's what this show is all about, you know, thinking it through, providing the information so that we can make well-informed decisions. Miss um, Wells is reaching out to us, and she's asking once you get to the bank, what would disqualify you in the mortgage process so what what kind of changes will she see that could possibly say oh wait a minute we thought you were qualified
4: you're not no more. All right Miss Wells, what did you do <laughs> So what would disqualify you there's a few things right So after you go to bank we pull title. We pull additional information about your, your spouse. If you have one, if you, you know, went through the process and didn't um, declare a spouse, we find out later that you have one. There's a lot of public record out there wow. that the bank is going to pull and find out new information. So it's very, very rare. Like it's less than 1% for something to get to bank and then get denied. But when it does happen, it's because of those things. New information is provided. The most common reason something goes to bank and doesn't work out is is because something's revealed about the property itself. The title couldn't clear. It was a manufactured home, a mobile home, and they didn't have the HUD tags and can't get them. It's still registered as a vehicle, something like that. Something usually very, or major repairs are discovered later. And we got into contract, we went to bank, the hand department worked with the member. They did a full evaluation for foundation, for example, and find out the the foundation's broken. So the, the member will get out of that deal. Mm -hmm. So typically, it's something like that. Other than that, um, what would disqualify you in the mortgage process? Only if new information was revealed that you didn't provide up front that changed our underwriting decision.
2: All for the the member's protection. Everything that you just said, even with the multi-unit and the reserves and the 401k, it sounds like everything, every decision... That the mortgage processing department or the mortgage department is making is for the members' protection.
4: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. The term I don't hear enough um, from our membership and in conversations is neighborhood stabilization. Okay. Anyone we put into a mortgage, we're doing it for the long term and long-term affordability. You know, mm-hmm. no one should ever use the NACA program if you don't, if you're not pretty sure you're gonna be in that house for at least five years. If you're not sure you're going to be there for at least five years, NACA is not the right program for you. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Wonderful. Damien, I know we got to go to station break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is amazing. This is good information. Keeps throwing those hearts up. We're coming back. Damien, take us to a break.
1: Wow. Don't forget to call us, 833-771-0500, NACA's American Dream program. We'll be back shortly. Don't go anywhere.
0: Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Taylor Lewis.
2: Um, I am a NACA homeowner. It was a smooth process. My realtor, I did use a NACA realtor. I would definitely recommend it to anyone that wants to be a homeowner. um, And it's just a great program.
0: To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com.
3: Are you tired of paying astronomical prices in rent? Do you think owning your own home is an impossible dream because you can't afford a down payment or have a bad credit score? Welcome to NACA. We're revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best in America mortgage. No down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and at a below-market fixed rate. For more than 30 years, NACA has been in the forefront, stabilizing communities through affordable home ownership for low-to-moderate-income working people. To find out more information about NACA, visit us at NACA.com. That's NACA.com.
0: Do you want to make a difference in your community and help build a stronger neighborhood? Become an active force locally as an activist. Create long lasting changes in your community with the full support of NACA, one of the largest national nonprofit organizations fighting for economic justice. NACA's success is based on the active participation of over 2 million members advocating for affordable homeownership and economic justice. To learn more about NACA and how you can join an act to fight for economic justice in your neighborhood, visit NACA.com today.
3: Are you a passionate individual driven by purpose and deeply committed to social justice causes? Then NACA is looking for you. NACA is a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable home ownership and community advocacy. Positions are now available for working remotely or from local NACA offices nationwide. To learn more about all the careers available, visit NACA.com careers, or for questions, you can mail us at jobs at NACA.com or call 617-250-6222, extension 1215
1: welcome back welcome back to NACA's american dream program and man you guys out on facebook radio land are missing an awesome awesome show we have Good the job. national mortgage director on informing us some things that we just wouldn't get on a regular basis so he's been really informative we thank you eric for being on and we probably have a thousand more questions that we need to answer so answer what what else, what are the questions we got
2: Oh, my God, my head is spinning, Damien, because the questions are coming. So I'm not even going to talk no more. I'm just going to start rattling these questions because they are good ones. Eric Exum is here with us today from the mortgage department. And the next question, Eric, is I use my credit cards for daily expenses to get cash back and pay in full statement balances at the end of the billing cycle. So will this be counted as debt like a car loan or, or I'm just not clear?
4: Man, after my own heart, always get money back on your money if you can. So, you know, definitely um, like like that you're thinking about your money. And when you're using those credit cards, you're getting those percentages back. So it totally makes sense what you're doing and why you're doing it. The short answer is no, it will not be counted against your debt to income ratio. It's simply going to be important for you to continue to bring three months of your credit card statements for each session. So always make sure we have the most recent three months. We're actually going to treat your credit card statements like we like we treat bank statements as a review to look and compare it to your budget and your affordability, because that's where your spending is happening. But if you show that you're paying it off every month in full, remember the old days, you know, most, most people are too young for this. But we used to have American Express charge cards. Where yeah. You had to pay it off at the end of each month. You have a choice. If you treat. Yeah, that's exactly right. They kind of, they now combine credit cards with charge cards. They make more money and more profit off of credit cards. But if you use your credit card like a charge card and pay it off at the end of each month, it is not counted against your debt to income ratios. Great question.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. That's good to
4: know.
2: Absolutely. You know, I I, I see this question, Eric, and I, you're probably the best person to talk about this because you work with the banks directly. Ms. Bagney is saying I'm in the process of uh, I'm in the NACA process, but I want to shop around to other banks. It's like she's gonna find something better. But she wants to shop around. She has that that right. When the banks run my credit, will that disqualify me from NACA?
4: All right. Let me let me go all the way back to the beginning. Take I'm me. with her. Um, absolutely shop around. Never ever put your eggs in one basket with a mortgage. NACA isn't right for everyone it's as angie net said it's the best mortgage in america by far but you have to occupy, there's eligibility criteria it's not right for everyone right if, if you're if you're not a low moderate income person if you're not purchasing in a low moderate income community and you're not low moderate income person that is not going to work for you right so it's a great question everyone should shop around when back in my days of counseling i insisted on it and i'll tell you for two reasons number one if you go out there and find out what else is out there, you have a better appreciation for the NACA program itself. Number two, the more you get out there and learn from different perspectives, from the way different people and organizations discuss mortgage, the more information you have to apply to whatever mortgage you choose. So information is power. Okay. So the short answer to her question is, no, it will not hurt you to continue to shop. Yes, other other organizations just like NACA will pull credit, but when it's a mortgage entity pulling credit, as long as the credit reports are pulled within 60 days of each other, it will not continue to lower your credit score. You do take a significant initial hit whenever there's what's called a hard pull on your credit. It actually lowers your credit score so that other entities out there are aware, okay, this person is out there shopping for credit, they want to borrow money. So let's, you know, let's lower the score a little bit and give everybody something of a warning that they might get the car payment at the same time as the house payment at the same time as opening new credit cards. That's why it happens to lower the credit score. But if you're just focusing on shopping for a house, we can all see through the hard pull. It's in the inquiry section of your credit report, who pulled your credit, why they pulled it, and we can see what kind of impact it has and like I said, if it's if it's all for mortgages and in that same window, then it's not going to continue to hurt your credit score. Only the
1: initial pull still. That's good. Good information. Awesome.
2: Awesome. Damien is going to love this next question because we <laughs> talk about this. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Uh, Robert Earl out in Baton Rouge. All right. Bringing it back to Louisiana, my roots. Uh, Robert Earl out in Louisiana is asking about grants, but particularly... Oh. He is asking because he thinks he's ready for NACA, he thinks he qualifies. However, what he's looking at is he's gone through several devastated challenges due to hurricane. How does that play a part to where he thought he was qualified, his income has now drastically changed, but there are some grants out there that he can he can
4: get? All right, well, well there's two questions in there. How will his change in income... And his situation, impact his qualification, I'll answer that. And the separate question is about grants, right? So the stuff we talked about earlier um, will be impacted or will impact your qualification. If your income is reduced, maybe your ratios are lower now and you can afford a lower monthly payment. Maybe your expenses went up because of the impact of some of the storms, which is still we're still dealing with in much of the country. Um, so we'll continue to look at your readiness for home ownership and your affordable payment. But you're exactly right, that once you figure out what your affordable payment is, if that's a bit low for what's in the housing market right now, where it translates to a mortgage, That's where the grants really kick in. And my goodness, they're so underutilized. And they're jurisdiction specific. So where NACA has hundreds of grants in our database, there's thousands of grants out there that aren't in our database yet. We rely on our membership and our real estate community to bring the information about grants to NACA. And we get them vetted very quickly. Within Within a week, we can have them vetted and implemented into Bank of America and NACA's systems, and approved. So there are, there are grants as small as, for particular sections of neighborhoods, like a grouping, like subcommunities and sub-neighborhoods, West Square, whatever it is. Um, you can have a small grant for that. You can have a grant for the entire city. You can have grants that apply to the county, different parts of the city. I mean, there are just so many grants out there. So it is it is some work. But it's so worth it because it's often just free money that gets you into that affordable housing (coughs) payment and the house you want for the affordable payment. So, yes, get out there, Google search, talk to real estate agents, um, use the NACA website, use the links from the website for the grants that already exist and bring additional grants back to the NACA program so that you can get the house that you want for the affordable payment.
1: So, Eric, with that being said, if I have someone out there and they find out about a grant, are they supposed to reach out to their mortgage counselor, the real estate agent? How do they get that information, I guess, to you or to whomever so that they can now see if it will work and get it approved?
4: Great question. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of keeping real estate agents involved and engaged in the entire process. So so the members should put their real estate agents to work also. The members should give them whatever information they found out thus far about grants in the community. And they should challenge their agents to find them additional grants or get additional information about the grants that the members found out about. Once they have that information, exactly as you said, Damien, they get that information over to their mortgage counselor, who will get it to their regional director or get it to me, and we'll get it to Bank of America to start the vetting process. They, all, they ultimately filter through me, and I take them to Bank of America to make sure they have a quick turnaround on getting that grant approved in their systems. Not every grant works with the NACA program. You know, Some of them you actually have to repay back. Some of them actually have a repayment plan. So there's grants out there, for example, that you can borrow the money at a 3% flat. Well, if we're already doing a 2%, that grant doesn't make sense for the NACA program. No, really. But those grants exist because, hey, a 3% interest rate fixed is a great deal, right? Just NACA's 2% is a much greater deal. Better, yeah. Awesome.
1: Eric, if you have a short list, would you mind telling us which cities have grants if there's a short list? I know Atlanta- Well, there's a a pretty long list, so it's it's
4: in our system.
1: But um, I'll tell you
4: where we most commonly use the grants right now. Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina, St. Louis- Missouri. Oh, my goodness. Our regional director, Benjamin Kojo, has done a phenomenal job in New York and New Jersey. I mean, we're getting properties that are specific for people who grew up in Harlem, for example, and they check your background. If you have the residency history, they're selling, you know, million dollar properties for half that through grant programs to New York residents. I mean, there's a phenomenal number of grants already in our system. But there's, like I said, there's so many more out there that we need to put into our system. Right. I, I there's not a city in this country without grant programs. Right. One that I used to like to use um, for, for true low-income low people was the Individual Development Account Program, which is available in most cities in this country, where your, your city will match your savings, and then you can
1: apply it towards buying a house, usually towards interest rate, buy-down, principal reduction, however you want. Now that's the awesome one. I did the IDA program through United Way. Um, there you go. And they did a either three to one match or four to one, and you saved up twelve hundred, and you either got three to one or four to one. Depending, they they were restricted in the area you could live, but it was it was an easy no brainer. And you go to some classes. Oh my God, it was it was worth it. It was definitely. You, you're exactly right,
4: baby. And, and you know what? That the IDA program. They go all the way down from two-to-one matches. You, you, it's usually depending on your income. So the lower income, the bigger the match. Um, all the way up to six-to-one matches. Mm. So you could save $1,000 and they'll give you 6000 to it. go with that. I mean, just free money, right? Just awesome. And, and we really need to take advantage of these programs. Our tax dollars pay for these programs, and the money is just sitting out there. We just closed a loan last week. I mean, just so proud where a woman in Boston, so you know how expensive price of houses are in Boston, right? They're almost unaffordable for all of us. Mm -hmm. She was able to use two simultaneous grants. One was a city program, which was a deed restriction that only allowed the homes to be sold to other low and moderate income people. How cool is that? Wow. The second one is, and this is, this second one is actually administered through NACA, was $12,000 just for applying, just for completing the application. And since she... Qualified for the first grant, she automatically qualified for the second. $12,000 free money, never has to repay it. She was able to use it for a combination of interest rate buy down and principal reduction. I mean, I I spoke to her on Saturday. I mean, she is just over the moon and she got a phenomenal purchase. I mean, how else are we going to be able to buy a house in Boston proper, right? Grants make it possible. Wow.
2: And you know what? Speaking of grants, we got another call and I have to. I have to say this question. It's dicey, but I'm going to say it because I think I know what they're asking, and you're the best person to answer this question, Eric. Uh, Yolanda is asking, she said, in the event I qualify for the grant program, and I think I do, if I don't need it and I'm able to go through the NACA program without the grant, can the grant be used, you're gonna love this, to purchase new furniture and appliances for my home?
4: Well, it depends on the grant. So each grant is different. I'll, I'll tell you what, so I, I'm going to go backwards a little bit. because did I use it my that for the principal, Eric? Well, well, that's why I was going to explain something to you. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. So the same woman I'm talking about, she's actually going to use a third Boston grant. So the third part, she applies for after she's a homeowner. And it's mm. for updating, and she's going to use to update both of the bathrooms, the kitchen. It's a rehab repair grant. In her case, the property was in good enough condition to close and livable, but she wants a more modern, you know, she wants more modern bathrooms and kitchen. She's going to get $30,000 from the city, again, free money, but that grant you can only apply for after you're a homeowner. So in the, it, each grant is slightly different. Some you can apply towards print reductions, most interest rate buy-down and print reductions, some for repairs. So for that person asking, definitely make sure if it's a pre-closed grant, get the money. You know, it's, it's free money, right? I'm with, I'm with Angie Annette here. Now you use that money to reduce your principal, reduce your payment permanently, now you can afford the furniture. You don't want to take a 30-year loan out against furniture, right? Or even a 15-year and pay interest on it. So go ahead and take their money, reduce your mortgage, free up your month-to-month cash flow, and then save the money to buy
1: the furniture you're meant to buy. Wow. I'm telling you, this show is just giving me goosebumps today with all of the information that we're getting.
2: Yeah. I love this. Um, next question is from Miss Warwick, and she's being creative. She's doing some creative financing here, Eric. How does NACA? Favorites. Yeah, creative <laughs> financing. How does NACA calculate income if your pay stubs and taxes indicate that you make, for example, thirty thousand? How does NACA say you make
4: forty? We don't. If you make thirty thousand dollars, you make thirty thousand dollars, and we'll base your income based on that. Now. Having said that, a lot of us have a, hot, a side hustle, right? And just because it's not documented, doesn't mean it doesn't impact your affordability. So what happens is, say you know your pay stubs say you make thirty thousand. I think that's what I'm reading to this question: is you make thirty thousand, but you know you really make forty because you make another ten thousand, right? Whether it's in your industry or on the side, you know, doing daycare or whatever it is, and it's and it's quote unquote undocumented, you don't file taxes against it. Well whatever you have for income that is sustainable, so if you have that side hustle, daycare, whatever it is, as long as you're gonna to continue to do that, we're gonna underwrite your affordability to that. Separate issue though, we can't underwrite your income in terms of debt to income ratio for undocumented income. So if what you can document is your 30,000 a year, that's what you're dividing your PITI and your oh. monthly debt against. Yeah. You'll take your yep. thirty thousand divided by twelve to get your gross monthly income. So your affordability might be higher, but you you might be someone who has to do, use that side hustle, save the money, pay off all your debt so you can get the highest possible or pay down de- pay off most of your debt to get your highest possible PITI qualification payment.
1: Right. Eric, got, a, got another quick question as it relates to that. What if you say this might be exaggerating, but you can bring the numbers closer? But say you make eighty thousand, but you do all of these write ups, write offs, and you now make sixty. So your taxes reflect sixty, but your pay stubs reflect eighty. Which one are you going to use to determine the affordability?
4: That's the kind of thinking I like in my department. So if you know you want to switch departments, you know, <laughs> come see me. <laughs> Don't give him any more options. <laughs> because that is the more common occurrence, right? We go out there and we file our taxes and we put that side hustle on there for, you know, for negative income, so we pay less taxes. And that is a very common thing for low and moderate income people to do. No worries at NACA. If you have enough W 2 income. NACA is unique in this and it's with our and we did it through our recent negotiations with Bank America you can upfront provide a letter that explains that that is simply a hobby business and or if you close that business you can upfront provide a letter showing us you closed that business if you do either of those we don't have to count that negative income against your W2 Wow if you fail to do it though we will have to count it Right. Wow. So at the end of the day, interestingly enough, we're never actually going to give the bank. If you're using W-2 income only, you've had W-2 income for at least two years. We're not even going to give the bank a copy of your tax returns. So they will never become aware of that side hustle with the negative. Wow. negative
2: NACA's on your side, folks. NACA's like right. on your side. Now we that's do what's the called. And to I'm work.
4: very proud of this. We do what's called putting together a thin file. We put together just so NACA needs to know everything. We have to know everything about you. Tell us. Think of us as your lawyers. Yeah. Tell us everything. But then we're only going to go to court with the information that's going to help you win your case. Love it. So we are your I like the way lawyers, you
2: put that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Tell
4: us everything. And then when we put together your thin file, yeah. we only give the bank what they need to to
1: approve your loan quickly. I love it. Wow, Eric. We got to
2: go to break. Yes.
1: Yeah. I I hate it. I'm I'm just. I
2: hate it, too.
1: We're getting good. Oh, my gosh. I'm just. Listen. Stay tuned. NACA's American Dream Program, 833-771-0500. We'll be back shortly. Man, we always run out of time. This is good.
0: Do you want to make a difference in your community and help build a stronger neighborhood? Become an active force locally as an activist. Create long-lasting changes in your community with the full support of NACA, one of the largest national nonprofit organizations fighting for economic justice. NACA's success is based on the active participation of over 2 million members advocating for affordable homeownership and economic justice. To learn more about NACA and how you can join a NACA to fight for economic justice in your neighborhood, visit NACA.com today. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Alicia Ford. Um, I purchased my home with NACA about a year and a half ago. I highly recommend it, and it gives everybody a fighting chance at owning an
2: affordable home with a mortgage that you can afford without some of the crazy lending practices that we know that are out there.
0: To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com.
3: Are you tired of paying astronomical prices in rent? Do you think owning your own home is an impossible dream because you can't afford a down payment or have a bad credit score? Welcome to NACA. We're revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best in America mortgage. No down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and at a below-market fixed rate. For more than 30 years, NACA has been in the forefront, stabilizing communities through affordable home ownership for low-to-moderate-income working people. To find out more information about NACA, visit us at NACA.com. That's NACA.com.
0: Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves.
2: My name is Barbara Milan. I bought my forever home. I'm not planning on moving again. And it's all because of NACA. I wouldn't have been able to afford the home that I'm living in um, without the NACA program.
0: To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com
1: welcome back welcome back man naca's american dream program does it again oh my pardon gosh blew it just home run
2: sorrow. pardon is such sweet sorrow i just i hate this i hate the end because eric exum you had we this was an amazing show there's a lot of questions that are still coming in and we're gonna ask you right now on the air are you willing to come back for another show sometime
4: soon not just willing, but looking forward to it. I will do this whenever you guys want. You know, um, I like the basic questions that help a lot of people, but please feel free to really think it through, give the complex questions, you know, the things that are going to affect a lot of people, but they didn't even know they need to, to ask that or get the answer to make their process smoother, you know, throughout. So they start, if the best thing to do is start early, don't wait until the last minute to get your questions answered, or to understand what you have to accomplish in this process.
2: Eric, how long does a typical underwriting process
4: take? Great question. It's different for everyone. Some people walk in our doors and they're ready for homeownership today. Usually they've done some preparation. Um, for, for most people, it takes three to six months to demonstrate the savings pattern. And for, like I said, for other people, we'll work for them as long as it takes. You know, for virtually no one would it take more than a year unless they set their pace lower. In terms of being underwritten with an underwriting, if you already have a property, meaning you're at credit access, Mm -hmm. you get underwritten within 24 hours. If you're in the qualification process, you generally get underwritten within a week. Wow,
2: that's good. That's good. And yes, Sherelle Tucker out there in Facebook land, he said, yes, we are bringing him back. he so rocks and on eVoice I'm getting the messages this man is the bomb dot com okay I've never got that <laughs> one before so, <laughs> eric is the bomb dot wow. com let's give him some hearts everybody eric wow. thank you eric exum Damien another world winning show right there this is it
1: wow Oh, man. I, I don't know what to say. Yes. Eric, we just appreciate you for taking time out of your day Absolutely. to be here and answer these imperative and pertinent questions to help the, the flow of NACA, the, the membership. So yes. we definitely, we got to just soon talk about how soon can you come back? Because we don't want to you know wait too long. So we'll talk to you about that. Um and Jeanette, as always, we don't have enough time. Tell us what to like us, love us. Everybody, thank you for attending the NACA American Dream program.
2: Absolutely. Don't forget to like us, love us out there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always find us on www.naca.com. We're in your hood doing good. The NACA American Dream program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Be safe.
0: Mask up. There we go. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.